Welcome to Melbourne Recital Centre's Sound Escapes podcast. I'm Kat McGoran. Climate change, architecture and the Taliban. These are just a few of the complex ideas and structures that have inspired works in this year's Metropolis Festival of New Music. Today, we will delve into the minds of Thea Rosen and Lisa Lim, composers who feature works in the festival. We'll start with Thea, whose compositions focus on climate change, what we know and what we're doing about it. So the, the Adlib Collective, who are presenting this concert, is um, myself and Jesse Dean, who will be playing saxophone, Jared Yap, composer and viola player, and Hamish Upton on percussion. It's a program of works that Jared Yap and I have put together with the Adlib Collective. We uh, have written a brand new song cycle for the, for the concert. It's called Sometimes Knowing Is Not Enough. And that is for string, quartet, string quintet with a double bass, soprano, percussion and bass clarinet. So that's the, like, the feature piece. The, the piece itself is based on a project that happened at the, Writers, the Melbourne Writers' Festival a couple of years ago and it was called Is This How You Feel? And um, a, a bunch of letters were compiled that were, that were written um, by climate scientists discussing how they felt about climate, uh, about climate change. So it was like, climate scientists do all this work and then why is it that it's not being recognised? Why is it not being acted on? And so it was kind of an insight into their their minds and how they work and how they feel about it. And so we've taken some of those texts and set them to songs. And then it made us think think about the scientific process. It's this incredibly meticulous thing. People dedicate their entire lives to studying one particular thing within the world. And it's being a scientist is about contributing to the body of knowledge that we have. And that's a really important thing. But sometimes just knowing is not enough. So sometimes we, we know about climate change, but it's not enough. We have to act. We have to talk. We have to inspire change. One of the things that we have been working on is this idea that climate change is so massive, sometimes it turns people off in, in the sense that it's such a huge thing, how can I possibly do anything? And so uh, part of this project is about reminding people that, that they shouldn't forget that there are emotions, there are personal experiences, there are individual stories that come together to make up climate change. And all of our personal individual lives will be affected. And so we need to think of climate change on the macro and the micro scale. Uh, So that's part of this. It's about bringing in the experiences and the thoughts and the feelings of climate scientists and conveying that through music, which is such an emotive, evocative medium. And hopefully people will feel something when they listen to it. And through that, through that medium and becoming part of the larger conversation of arts responding to climate change, we hope that will inspire by action, movement, change. Thea, I understand that throughout the work there'll be pieces of ice suspended above gongs and cymbals. Can you explain the background behind that? Um, what it is is something that was developed before Banff but then worked up to Banff. And the, the idea is that it's, it um, looks at how humans deal with climate change. It's, and the main thing is that we're really good at ignoring it and so the we have large chunks of ice that look like ice cores um, and they have little um, pebbles and things frozen inside them and they're suspended with beautiful light shining through them so they look they look um, like they're floating and as they melt and drop they fall onto surfaces resonant surfaces like gongs and cymbals and things that make a sound and it just there's just that drop drip drop 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 throughout the whole recital and every now and then a chunk of ice or a a pebble will fall out and make a loud clang and everyone will kind of, their attention will be drawn towards it. They'll be like, oh, that ice is melting. And then it'll go back to dripping and people will go back to watching whatever's happening on the stage at the time, a piece of music. And it sort of represents how great we are at focusing on a, on a disaster at a, ta- at a certain time and then going back to ignoring the, the fact that it's happening all the time. 
So what if we had an approach that dealt with it in the long term, not just incident by incident? And I think as well, um, it's, it's partly... I don't want to know because the problem is so scary, but because it seems so big, it's a daunting concept. It's, yeah, it certainly is. It certainly is daunting. And it's, I mean, we're, we're all a part of it. We, we all recognise in the musicians putting this project together. It's, it's so easy to put it to the back of your mind and think, of some, think about something else. And what if we were all part of the discussion of bringing it to the forefront and, and looking at it in a different way and, and acknowledging that we are so good at ignoring it and what if we could flip that around and make it a part of our everyday discourse and, and change the way that things are going. And do you think if we did talk about it more often and perhaps in more micro terms that it might not seem like this big terrifying idea but actually something we can overcome as, a, well, as humanity and as individuals? Yeah, I think the key really is communication. So if we all talk about it and if people understand it better because it's such, it can be so frightening and so isolating um, not talking about it. And so if we talk about it, if we educate people and then if we come together to lobby politicians, then that seems to be one of the most effective ways forward. It's, it's combined people power. So is that, is that something that you want to do through your music? You want to inspire people to actually take action on these things? Yeah, I feel like the arts has a really important role to take in in that area because in this example scientists do all this incredible work and they've um, they've started, dedicated their lives to it and yet something's not being communicated there's I feel like there's a place for the arts to help in communicating some of those ideas um, getting the graphs off the paper uh, and into our souls how do we feel climate change and then maybe that will inspire us to 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 act can you take us through how you actually how you go through that process? How do you put graphs into music? I was inspired by the work of a cellist who's a scientist in the US, and he took um, climate data from America, and he literally mapped the data to notes on the cello. And so you could listen to the data getting higher and higher. You could listen to the sound of a graph. So I was really inspired by that, and I wrote a duo for vibraphone and cello. It's called Sounds of the Reef, and it's got Australian data so it's it's the sound of our oceans warming and then it's also the sounds of our reef and so it starts with a busy recording of fish song because fish sing just like birds except it's under the water so I've got a bunch of those recordings and as the as that fish song track dies away you hear the sound of the graph getting higher and higher and the temperature's rising because the fish can't be sustained in that area so they leave or or die out Um, and so the audience is able to actually listen to the sound of the graph and the experience of the reef. Let's take a listen to a live performance of that work, Thea Rosen's Sounds of the Reef.
That was Thea Rosen's piece, Sounds of the Reef. Here's Thea with more. What we are trying to create is something that's visually stunning, sonically immersing, and that um, inspires you to think about this concept from a different angle. So it's really a, it's a whole experience. It's not just sitting there passively receiving music. It's music that has never been heard before, so it's really exciting to be a part of that journey from the start, like being there at the beginning of a piece being played for the first time. Um, and yeah, in that, with the AdLib Collective, we're really interested in exploring how to break down those more traditional forms of concert going. So if you have perhaps um, n- not enjoyed going to a concert in the past, I'd recommend trying this because it's something brand new. So... Yeah, come and give it a try. (laughs) I guess that's the thing, isn't it? With new music, the frames of reference change with each concert. So each time you really are delving into something, you know, that's unexplored. Exactly, exactly, yeah. And, I mean, we are very much in the new music category, but that doesn't mean that it's difficult to listen to. (laughs) Music for thinkers. Exactly, yeah. Music for thinkers and explorers and, yeah, lovers of things beautiful. Sonically, Lisa Lim's work is very different to Thea's. As you can hear in this excerpt from her piece, Rodder the Living Circle, Lisa uses different musical expressions to convey meaning through sound. Lisa will perform Rhonda the Spinning World with the Elysian Ensemble at this year's Metropolis Festival of New Music as part of the If the Gods Came Down to Earth Dressed as Cowboys program. Lisa's approach to music and this work embraces the idea of music as an energy form that surrounds us all the time. So my piece actually came out of a fantastic field trip that I did to Brazil 2016 and it's a work which really reflects on the life of sound in a particular city, Salvador da Bahia. The sound in the city is incredibly vibrant, circulating, it's really specialised. There's no place where you're all, you're away from sound. So my piece really explores this aesthetics of spatial, circulating, dynamic, immersive, and I think, you know, kind of really life-affirming sound. How did you become interested in, um, in exploring this idea in Brazil? I was invited by the um, uh, Goethe Institute and the DAD in Germany, and it was a commission actually from Ensemble Modern, which is based in, in Frankfurt. Uh, and it was connecting me to the work of an uh, instrument builder and composer and philosopher called Walter Smetak. Uh, and actually, it's, what's really interesting is that he belongs to a, a whole kind of um, perhaps rather hidden tradition of maverick inventors, composers, instrument builders. And we can think of many examples, in fact, in Australia. Think of Percy Granger. Think of John Rose and the amazing work that they've done. So... That was, a, um, that was a very particular project, but it's also helped me to reflect on um, this desire uh, amongst uh, composers and artists to kind of create, imagine and create really their own worlds to say, oh, it's not enough just to have the standard instruments and ways of thinking about music, but actually, you know, we need to customise more what we do. So with a piece like that, how do you even, how did you begin, like where did you start, what was your approach to it? Uh, well, I was invited to actually spend time uh, in Salvador da Bahia, and that was extraordinary to actually experience the um, Brazilian culture and music and the whole sort of life of a, a city in terms not just of the sonic, you know, kind of realities, but, uh, you know, food and people and, and all of that. So I really gathered a lot of impulses um, and inspiration from that, and that feeds into my work in various ways. 
Um, the work is very highly virtuosic and, it, and you really see this showcasing of the musicians of the Illusion Ensemble, particularly the trumpeter Tristram Williams, who uh, stands amongst the audience as this kind of quite oracular figure. Uh, and uh, it's, yeah, the work is highly spatialised and other members of the group also move around the audience and there's a, there's a kind of real interplay. It's both playful and it's also combative and improvisational. Uh, and yeah, the whole the whole thing is is um, trying to kind of say something about this very um, rich and immersive world that I experienced. As we were saying before, music is so it's so present in our lives. Or, or what type of role do you think that music has in communicating concepts that perhaps are out of reach when they're presented to us in the jargon of their original form? I mean. Music definitely communicates, but, you know, the precision with which it can, can communicate ideas and concepts is, is you know, it, it doesn't, con doesn't do that in the same way that language does. I think of music, for me anyway, um, is something that is really about energy forms um, rather than specific concepts and ideas. Um, I think, I mean, for me, music's power is really about a power of transformation, transformation of energies, and that was certainly something I saw very strongly in Brazil. Uh, you know, music really used as a portal for, you know, changes in consciousness, music as a way to bring communi communities together and to kind of really experience something that's outside of yourself. So that's something I found very inspiring. Given that you have performed the piece now overseas and with different artists, what's it like each time performing with different people and, you know, how do they change the experience that they bring to the audience? Yeah. I, I mean, that's the other aspect of music. It's not at all static. It has to be made and remade each time via the bodies of performers and via the presence of audiences. For me, that's a really strong part of music's magic, I suppose. Um, and going back to this this idea of what music can communicate, you know, as a transformational sort of experience, I think, you know, magic is actually one of those <laughs> quite relevant words for that, you know, because it music operates at a distance. Music operates in um, highly kind of um, unexpected and powerful ways as well. So hopefully, all of that will come to <laughs> come to bear in the Melbourne Recital Centre. I also got to speak with Daryl Buckley, the artistic director of the Elysian Ensemble. After all these discussions about theories, abstraction and music, Daryl had a clear message for potential new music listeners. I, I uh, half recall a statement Barikovsky actually making about art many, many years ago somewhere, and I'm not completely sure where. But the idea is that, that he was putting forward is that the act of buying a ticket to a concert or to a theatre or to a gallery or an exhibition is something where you can experience something that can be completely and absolutely challenging. But at the end of the day, you're not going to be harmed. It's not physically dangerous. It's not going to undermine, destabilise your life. So he was characterising it as an area of really imp important risk-taking that, that can be quite personal in terms of the way that you absorbed an experience but yet at the same time it's not really gonna you know fundamentally damage you or hurt you in any way and I think that's a really important concept nowadays because certainly 
in, in much of the Anglo uh, cultures that we <coughs> live in, there's this notion of entertainment. So if we buy a ticket, we're going to see or hear or experience something that we already know. It's going to repeat something that we know and we know we're going to like it and then we're going to come out of it and we're not going to remember it. So it's, it's a sort of line of production of, of the familiar. And the most important thing about art is that at its best it can actually end it and it's actually okay to go to something and you might half like it, you might hate it, there are bits that you might love and there are bits that you might hate or there are bits that you might reflect upon and completely come to another viewpoint later. And that's actually a far richer, more diverse experience. So that's the question we leave you with today. What do you get out of a concert-going experience? Thanks for listening to this Sound Escapes podcast on the Metropolis Festival of New Music, which is happening from the 18th until the 21st of April at Melbourne Recital Centre. For more information, visit our website, melbournerecital.com.au. I'm Kat McGorran. Till next time.